Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki. And you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode, generally there's an upward trajectory. And I think when you're talking about real estate, the amount of ground is finite, but population keeps growing. Albeit now it seems to be growing more slowly, but in 10 years that could be different too. Uh, So I think if you take the long-term perspective, this momentary up and down doesn't seem as life-threatening or you don't get too high when it's going good either. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most humbled and happy host, as always. Uh, Today is no different from most days because I always have an opportunity to talk to wonderful people. And today's no different. Arne Senadella, thank you so much for being here on the show. How are you? 
Hey, Eric, I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on and looking forward to have a nice chat with you this yeah, afternoon. I've been looking forward to this all day, Arn, uh, because you and I had a magnificent chat uh, several weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. And um, what I, I want to give the audience a little bit of my experience on how I was introduced to you. So we had a pre-interview chat. Um, I'll be speaking um, at, at one of our multifamily, right, Dan Hanford's um, uh, summit. And you were sort of getting to know me. We were getting to know each other, which is fantastic. But what I loved about the surprise, and I, I have to say, you were probably one out of 100 if this ever happened before. You were literally on like a Peloton. Were you, were you on a Peloton while we were having the meeting? No, I was just a regular stationary bike. I don't have a Peloton, but uh, it's so close good. enough. Yeah, It was awesome because it just speaks so many things about you and your personality and your lifestyle. Um, it was it was probably early afternoon, if not um, before the afternoon. And and there you were out of sweat and um, and you had the iPad in front of you. And, and it just was it was just a good feeling to to be able to see that window into your world um, and and that was the epitome of multitasking. Like you were having a conversation, you were on the treadmill and you were taking notes. <laughs> like, how are you doing yes. all this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, thankful for the technology that allows me to multitask. I mean, we all are kind of tied to it. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I, there are so many benefits from, fitness and physical oh, yeah. health, productivity, uh, uh, emotional attitude. And so mm -hmm. I have kind of built my life that that's kind of an essential component of it. I always kind yeah. of say, take care of your body and your body will take care of you. Absolutely. And we're going to be living to 90. And in, in order mm -hmm. to enjoy that, you know, you have to feel good enough to enjoy that. And yeah. so uh, uh, great mental clarity, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I'm stressed about something and I have a good workout, you feel better. I'm sure you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And many of your listeners probably have their routines. And yeah, so that's what I do. And I appreciate uh, you getting a little chuckle out of it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> no, I just love it because um, I, I am the same sort of mindset and belief, um, you know, that it's, it's so important, right? We're, we're nothing if we can't um, have our health and and be active mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, it's, it's just great. It was just great to get that little window. So, I, so for the folks at home who don't know Arn as I do, Arn is the founder of Spark Investment Group. He's been in the real estate space for decades. I mean, how many decades would you say, Arn, at this point? Over four. Wow. Wow. And that's Sir. not an exaggeration. Yeah. 1978 to 2021. Oh, so I think that's amazing. about 43 years. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> so let's 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 take the way back machine and give people a taste of the early Arn and how you got involved in real estate and how it's sort of evolved along the way? Sure. Um, great question. So uh, like many middle-income Americans, you know, the roadmap's kind of laid out, right? You work hard at school, you go to college, you get a degree, maybe graduate school is next. Uh, I did well in school. I enjoyed school. At one point thought I wanted to teach. So um mm. Grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area that was to become Silicon Valley, but as life would have it, I actually was back in Queens, New York for about 10 years. 
uh, went and I love that Forest Hills. I still got a lot of friends there. Uh, went to college, Colgate University, upstate New York, a great school. Then went to Michigan for grad school. And of all things, I got a master's degree in physical chemistry. Wow. And uh, the plan was to get a Ph.D., but I had a kind of face fact that I wasn't really passionate about Mm -hmm. it. Right. It was kind of what I was expected to do. It came easy. Um, And so I decided I had to make a change. And one of the changes I wanted to make was to return to the Bay Area, which is kind of my home. And. my father, who I lost touch with for many of these years, was in the real estate business, residential real estate business, Menlo Park, California. Mm. And he said, come on out, get your license and I'll put you to work. So it was about a five minute conversation. And I said, hey, dad, that sounds great. Loaded up the car, drove out and got my license March of 1978. And so I just kind of fell into the real estate business. I had no idea what it was about. Uh, And here I am 40 some odd years later doing it. Wow. That's amazing. I I often talk to a lot of um, investors slash agents. Um, At what point and did it, let us know if was it was it a slow burn or was it one aha moment where you're like, I, I'm working with investors or what, what did that look like? I, I see this is happening and I understand now how this benefits and how I can create wealth by investing. When was that moment for you and how did that occur? Uh, great question. And uh, it was basically my father, Hal, who... Uh, was a great mentor to many people, including myself, but he was kind of an old school investor and he built his wealth built buying single family homes. Mm. So he just buy homes and he kind of understood that while the brokerage business, especially in the Bay Area, can be very lucrative, uh, the way to really create wealth is through investment. So unlike many of the other agents in town, he really put his investment program first and used the brokerage to kind of fund that. So I just basically modeled his behavior. And uh, as I got established in the business and I had disposable income, I started investing in single family properties, Mm -hmm. um, first in the Bay Area, then elsewhere across the country. So I don't know that it was an aha moment, but I just kind of watched what my dad did and saw that it was working for him. And I figured that was a, a good behavior to model and follow. And uh, so he taught me both the brokerage business and the investment business. So that's mm. how I kind of learned. So correct me this is, if I'm wrong, this is how I heard it, that he more led by example, um, and it could be and or or versus uh, talking to you about it and 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 telling you to read these books. Like he just said, "Hey, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm modeling it. Now follow it." Uh, you're you're pretty savvy and picked up on the the thing. So uh, my dad was born 1921. Mm. Okay, just and. Men of that generation, you know, probably your grandfather, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, they might not tend to be too verbal and emotional, right? <laughs> uh, no, no offense, I'm a guy. I just, so you true. know, telling you, right? So, yes, wow. um, 
it was very much me just watching him as opposed to him sitting me down and kind of training me. Right. Yeah. And so that's exactly how it happened. Just mm. kind of, uh, watching and being in the office and just kind of picking it up as opposed to any kind of formal, formal thing. Yeah. Yeah. As you were moving and chugging along and creating your own sort of, uh, opportunities, were you able to lean into him and ask questions? Because I, I, I relate very heavily to um, to what you're saying. My father was not very verbal. And if he did, he wasn't the best teacher. Um, and one of the smartest people that I know on the planet. Uh, textbook smart, you know, right? The typical sort of um, rich dad, poor dad. He, he was, no offense, and hopefully he's not listening to this. He was my poor dad, right? He could teach any course at Harvard, uh, but he could not teach me how to do things. Um, he would lead by example. Would you say that you sort of connect with that idea? Was it, or were you able to sort of access his knowledge and try to get some words out of him or just, I'll sit and watch? Well, I would say when I had issues and had questions, he was there to answer. Um, but uh, I don't know that that was a big part of it. Uh, mm. Because, you know, if you just observe you can learn quite a bit. And um, uh, so he was there as a resource. And certainly as I was new in the brokerage business, there were a lot of questions, but, you know, kind of uh, real estate brokerage is not rocket science. Okay. And after a couple of years, you you kind of figure out how it works or you no longer stay in the real estate brokerage business. Um, and so early on, there was more hands-on training. And then from there, it was just more counsel as I needed it. Mm. But honestly, re reflecting back, there were not, weren't a lot of uh, sit-down tete-a-tete meetings where we talked for hours about what to do and so on and so forth. Are you ready to invest in real estate but don't have the time or enough education to do it by yourself? Accountable Equity helps accredited investors who are looking for tax-advantaged investments. So anyone looking for a team of professionals who hold themselves accountable with theirs and your real estate investments, Accountable Equity is your boots-on-the-ground team. Their mission is to bring private offerings to their investors and their clients. With a team of committed and experienced investors themselves, Accountable Equity is always looking for partners to participate in alternative investments which extend beyond publicly traded equities like stocks. Accountable Equity makes alternative passive cash flow possible for more people than ever before in our economy. To find out more, visit AccountableEquity.com. That's AccountableEquity.com. Or look for them on LinkedIn or Facebook. That's AccountableEquity.com or AccountableEquity. That's AccountableEquity, your partner for true passive real estate investments. As a broker and an agent, as you were working and learning along the way and eventually um, figured out, okay, sort of got past the fear of what could potentially happen, right? A lot that usually holds a lot of us back uh, when it comes to investing. Um, what are some of the tools that you sort of remember incorporating to get past the fear? And then also did the tool set and what were the tool sets um, in those days in terms of analyzing the deal to make sure that, you know, your due diligence phase and the numbers, because there were no, there was no bigger pockets yet, right? That when I got into investing, they gave us the tools to analyze deals. Uh, so what were you doing? 
Yes. So so that's a good question. So uh, I guess, number one, um, I've always had a lot of forward motion. Uh, And at times in my life, I leaped before I looked. And occasionally Mm. I would pay the price. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is paralysis by analysis was not my problem. Okay. Uh, So I I also kind of believe you learn by doing. Mm. And the idea, I think, is you're going to learn some lessons along the way. You're going to take some bumps and bruises. But as long as they're at the scale where you live to fight another day, then it's all part of your evolution. Um, And, um, you know, I mean, I can tell you when I first got in business, fax machines were big. Mm -hmm. Um, I still use my HP 12 C calculator. Wow. That's literally 35 years it old. It looks brand new, Arne. Well, oh no, it's well, worn down. Okay, but I you use, yeah, had the yeah. leather sleeve though. I was like, wow, that's well protected. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, it, it, it's a classic machine. You know, it's old, so it actually lasts. So but cool. The, the, the point being, um, there wasn't spreadsheets and you know, it was just a whole different world. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing I would say was single family investing. It's maybe so with single family investing, I would say it's often more an appreciation game than a cash flow game. And particularly in the Bay area where prices are high, uh, very hard to find any cash flow. So mm. uh, my investing experience or approach may be a little bit different than some. To me, it's kind of, does the property make sense today? Do the numbers make sense today? And for me, it was kind of, if you could buy a single family house in the Bay Area and put 20, 25% down and have it break even, mm-hmm. That was good enough because I knew I'd get the appreciation. And so it was kind of, does it make sense now? Do you have reasonable, rational reasons for optimism about the future, knowing you don't know what the future is going to throw at you? But if it kind of makes sense today, the numbers, the property will support itself and you have optimism and kind of faith in the future of a particular market. Yeah. For me, that was good enough to kind of pull the trigger and make the investment. And uh, I, I know the other popular thing on kind of the investment circle circuit is go big as soon as you can. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I, I believe there's a sequence to things And when you get out of sequence, that's where you get in danger, right? If you just kind of plug along, gain experience, Mm. go bigger, bigger, I think you're in a little safer position. Maybe I'm just kind of conservative by nature. So I just kind of scaled slowly. Um, And then the other thing I would say is you need people to help you along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... The way to build teams is to treat people nicely, right? 
my dad took me aside one time early and he said to me, you treat the office janitor as nice as you do the bank vice president, right? Mm. You treat people with respect. And Absolutely. so in the residential real estate business, you got contractors, you got landscapers, you got insurance people. There's a whole series of people you need to rely on. And so I think as people start investing, if they can start creating that key team people they trust, you can then kind of offload and delegate a lot of the responsibility. And so that's how I kind of did it, kind of one house at a time, building relationships over time. Yeah, what you're saying to me there from what I hear is um, you're basically building your reputation over a long period of time. Um, you know, if, if anybody in your circle or on the outer rim says, you know, I heard this guy, Arn, um, you know, he's talking about some some opportunities and someone's going to know someone or if that person knows I'm like, oh, he's a great guy. You know, just just by you saying that, I appreciate it so much that you need people and you need to treat people nicely. Um, I, I, I lived and walked the same path as 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 you as you. Um, but I want to go back since we have you here. This is amazing because over four decades, four decades of real estate experience. You've seen it all, Arn. Ups, downs, every downturn, every up. Tell us something that happened along the way, like something where you tripped and you fell and you had to figure it out and you put the pieces together, you lost it all and you got it back. I mean, what happened during these times? Well, that's a great question because I could recite kind of all the economic events yeah. I've gone through uh, since the, the late 70s and they've been dramatic. And of course, in a today's society, 24-7 news cycle, mm. everything seems to have immediate urgency. And we sometimes lose sight of um, life is long and and however things are today, they're going to be different tomorrow. And if you just kind of stay calm and centered, focused, you can, can survive the ups and downs, assuming you go into investments prudently with mm -hmm. proper leverage, proper capital reserves, then time's on your side. Mm -hmm. um, so are you asking me for an instance where I messed up and got hurt? Well, yes, yes, that. <laughs> if, if, if there's something on, on, on top of mind, yes, I'd love to sort of explore that. But then also, I, I'm, I'm so curious from your perspective, if you zoom out, you know, from a 30,000 foot and you saw the graph and charts of the spikes and the downs. What's the pattern that you can sort of pull from there to say like, you know, this is sort of lessons learned along the way. And I know that like that happened and then this happened. It's kind of predictable, right? When you look at it from that perspective. Well, yes. Yeah. So what I would say is life, economy, real estate, it all has cycles. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh you know, somebody who got dropped down on this planet in 2012 or 2013 and started investing, well, their whole investing experience is a rocket ship straight up, mm. which continued to roll until COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And then we thought COVID was the end of the world. And it really turned out it isn't. I mean, basically, <laughs> hey, we all survived. I, I don't want to minimize the yeah, personal loss, but I'm, right. but I'm saying mm -hmm. it, from a macroeconomic Absolutely. point of view, uh, we've survived, property values have held, incomes have held, and, and all of that. So I would say the only predictable thing is that there is going to be change, 
And when you just kind of think about it, you, you just can't have a constant up. There kind of has to be a retrenchment and then maybe a little bit of a plateau. So as I look through most of these cycles, you might have six, seven years up. Then you might have a little drop. Then you kind of get a plateau mm. and kind of the new bottom is reestablished mm. at that point from when growth has occurred. And so I can go back and in the late 80s, things were booming. Early 90s, people don't even remember one third of every savings and loan in America went out of business. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't even have savings and loans anymore, or at least I don't think you do. Uh, I bought my first house and I paid 11 and three quarters percent interest on the way to 16 and a half. Um, we had the dot com boom, mm -hmm. the dot com busts. Uh, so uh, I think change is really the only constant. What I would say mm. is generally there's an upward trajectory. And I think when you're talking about real estate, the amount of ground is finite, but population keeps growing. Wow. Albeit now it seems to be growing more slowly, but in 10 years that could be different too. Uh, so I think if you take the long-term perspective, this, momentary up and down doesn't seem as life-threatening or you don't get too high when it's going good either. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just like capturing amazing quotes here. You know, change is the only <laughs> constant. The amount of ground is finite, but the population is growing. I mean, all the more reason, if anyone was ever thinking about real estate as an investment vehicle, uh, it's so, so powerful, that statement. The amount of ground is finite. You know, but the population keeps growing. Um, so there's just always going to be opportunity. Um, so uh, speaking of, let, let, I want to dive a little bit into the opportunities that you provide. Um, but then also I do want to scratch a little bit more into um, the personal side of Arn and, um, sure. you know, less the business side. Uh, just so people can know and 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 like you the way I do, uh, but yeah, let's um let's 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 let people know what what Spark Investments up to, and and all the wonderful things you guys are putting together. Sure, well, thank you, appreciate the question, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I kind of built my my financial security, my fa financial freedom based on single family home investing. And that's what I did uh, until COVID hit. Mm. And um, a phone call with a young investor friend of mine here in Greenville about COVID turned into me listening to some multifamily podcasts. Mm. And that was kind of an aha moment uh, where the rationale and the thesis behind multifamily investing made sense. So basically over the last 18 months, I've transitioned a lot of my own portfolio from single family into multifamily. Mm. And I'm now involved in probably over 1300 multifamily units. I still own some single family. Um, so as I've made the transition and kind of seen the rationale behind multifamily and what it can do to help accelerate one's 
equity growth and cash flow growth, uh, I formed Spark Investment Group to help other uh, busy professionals and or small mom and pop single family investors move their assets into multifamily. So that's kind of what Spark mm-hmm. Investment Group is doing. The other piece of the puzzle was um, my longtime girlfriend, Laura, and I left Silicon Valley. She was born and raised in Marin, went to Cal Poly, go Cal Poly. And um, we moved to Greenville, South Carolina about six years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina is between Atlanta and Charlotte. It's a great growth market. It's a fabulous town. And so most of my investing work is in what we call the upstate of South Carolina, which is kind of the northwest portion of the state. And it's a great place to live. It's a great place to invest. Uh, Wall Street Journal just recently had an article where they identified Greenville as one of the hot boutique markets in the country. Mm-hmm. CoStar also came out with the report. So uh, I didn't move here because of the real estate. I moved here because of the lifestyle. Um, but it's also a great place to invest. So if folks are interested in the Southeast in general and kind of the Greenville, South Carolina area in particular. I'm happy to help educate them about it and uh, happy to have a conversation. Yeah, especially now. And thank you for all that, Arn. I think um, there's a lot of people, you know, they're migrating out of the big cities. Um, they may necess- They may not necessarily be moving into areas that are, you know, growth and, you know, real estate opportunities abundant there. So I know um, a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of people in New Jersey that, um, you know, it's expensive to live and also to own here uh, as an investor. You have to go find the little pockets of opportunities um, in areas with the, you know, C or D, you know, B class areas. Um, So, yeah, I, 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 Recommend if anyone is interested in, you know, investing outside of, you know, wherever area they're in that may not be optimal for, for investment opportunities. Um, you know, it, it sounds like Greenville is, is probably a really good place to start exploring. Um, so, Art, I wanted to get into something I like to call the quick hits from the hip. So they're just sort of these spontaneous Uh-oh. type of things to get to know you a little bit, peel back okay. the layers. and um, All right. Yeah, I'll try yeah. to be ready. <laughs> Oh, okay. Don't stop me yeah. too much. No, no, this is good. This is good. Okay. I, this is great because uh, you and I are going to be meeting again uh, soon. So uh, yes. I, I love getting to know. Uh, so uh, give us a little idea if you could recall the strangest thing that you've ever eaten. Ooh, strangest thing I've ever eaten. Uh, it might have been. Um, kind of a, a squid ink pasta that I had, I want to remember there was a restaurant in San Francisco. I think it was SPQR. There's some Roman symbols. It stands (laughs) for something. I can't remember it, but it was some kind of squid ink pasta. I know that's not really crazy, but kind of eating something that's inky color was a little strange to me. Sure. Was it good? It was good. It was good. You know, it's it, it wasn't your bolognese sauce. Yeah. Let's put it that way. You know, that's kind of more <laughs> my speed. But uh, so I think that might have been it. Uh, I can't say I'm a real adventuresome eater. Gotcha. But anyway, I'll say that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so when you're hitting the stage or you got to go do a presentation and there's an opportunity for the DJ to say, oh, you know, I'm going to play this song for Arn. This represents Arn. 
What's that track? What's playing over the loudspeakers as you make your way to the stage? Uh, well, I kind of like the Stones, so yeah. I don't know. How about Sympathy for the Devil? Oh, I just nice. kind of like that song. It's, it. it's a strange one, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting. So there's others I'm sure I could think of. <laughs> uh, Have you ever uh, seen the Stones? Oh, many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably four or five times. And uh, I enjoy outdoor concerts. They're just so much more fun oh, yeah. when when you're under the stars. Mm. I find these big arenas, when you get 30 or 40,000 people pocked in it, it gets hot and stuffy. It's oh. not as cool when you're outdoor under oh, yeah. the stars. Uh, it, it's a beautiful experience. So oh, we kind of yeah. like that. And in downtown Greenville, they have a lot of free outdoor music. Well, they did prior to COVID, but it's starting back up. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's outdoor music. Love and uh, so we, we we love going downtown and watching. I um I have not had an opportunity experience to experience the Red Rocks um, and the outdoor natural amphitheater um, over in Colorado. I've been there multiple times, but never during a show. I know they do movies there. Uh, but I've heard, I can't imagine watching someone like the stones or U two. Uh, I saw U two in Madison, not Madison. Oh, it was an out. It was, it was, it was one of the stadiums where it was open. It might've okay. been in Jer on the Jersey side. I saw side. him at Oakland Coliseum way Ooh, back in the day. Yes. Magic. Like you said, U2's outdoors. Good. It yeah. was raining, Arn. Um, it started not pouring, but just drizzling enough where on the jumbotron, you see Bono singing and it looked like rays of gold were just coming down. And I, I got emotional. I was like, oh my, yes. oh my goodness, what am I seeing here? This yeah. is so cool. You're so right with the outdoor uh, music experience. <laughs> and I could just add one other thing. So when I lived in Forest Hills, way back in the day, they used to have the tennis championships mm. at Forest Hills. They moved that. them to Flushing Meadows. So, but mm -hmm. back in the day, it was Forest Hills Tennis Stadium. Mm -hmm. It's now a great music venue. But back then, they also had concerts and the neighborhood kids and I would sneak in. We'd find a way through the fence. And I remember one <laughs> night we saw the Who play and it was also a rainy night, but the weather was just perfect for the Who. So I'm kind of dating myself. But I really like kind of the old time music, the British invasion, Motown, mm. and then the eighties, I think is very fun. So the eighties are good. Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi can get you fired up. And so there, we enjoy dancing. Uh, and there's yeah. one place we go in Greenville. So uh, once we're through with COVID, we can pick that up again too. I love it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm curious if having to, title this chapter in your life in your book what would this current phase of life be called yeah that that that's a great question um let's do it this way let's call it the payoff mm -hmm. so so, so yeah so here's my deal okay yeah. so we we know about three act plays right the old mm -hmm. green three act plays. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's take average life expectancy of 90. Let's divide it into three, zero to 30, 30 to mm. 60, 60 to 90. So mm -hmm. I would say zero to 30, you're getting your education, you're becoming your own person. Uh, you're starting your career, maybe starting your family. Mm -hmm. And then often typically 30 to 60, it's career being a parent, Mm -hmm. doing all of that. Right. And so 
you do all the hard work and parenting's the hardest thing you can ever do. So, you know, <laughs> parents be gentle on yourself. We're not perfect. Life comes in. Somehow we survived. Our kids will survive too. I promise. <laughs> so, so then, so then, so you, you nose to the grindstone for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a payoff. And, and so in my mind, this last act, it's longer than a chapter, but this last act in my life is going to kind of be the payoff. And of course, retirement, the definition has changed. It now doesn't mean you do nothing and you sit in the lounge chair. <laughs> what, what it more means is you have an opportunity to follow your passions. Yes. And whether that's volunteering or giving to your community or mentoring younger people, mm. um, doing all the things you couldn't do when you had to work and support your family and get those kids paid through college and get them launched. So in my mind, the final act of your life should kind of be the payoff for all the hard work and effort we've all made over a long period of time. This is where you get the payoff where you get you, you're free enough financially. Hopefully you still have your health and you can kind of live your dream life, still be productive, still contribute. Uh, but it's different working because you want to working because you enjoy it mm. rather than working because you have to, right? Mm. It just changes the whole deal. So uh, I'm sort of so psyched. Um, moving into multifamily, learning a new aspect of the real estate business I spent my entire adult life in. It's kind of like a shot in the arm of adrenaline. It's kind of a new boost. So uh, you know, in my mind, it's not, my life's not winding down. Mm -hmm. I'm still ramping up and, you know, I kind of can't wait to see what the next 20 or 30 years bring. Knock on wood that I make it that far. I think I will, but however long it is, you know, I want to make the best of it. Yeah. Amazing. So inspirational, Arn, really, truly. And, and, and you've made me realize, um, isn't it always a climb and always an, and always a chance to learn and continue growing and until until you put me in the box? I mean, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep learning and growing. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> precisely, precisely. So I think Einstein once made a statement, and I'm probably messing it up, but basically he said, as long as you're learning, you're not dying. Mm. And a very dear friend of mine who was a great personal counselor to me, he's since passed away, but uh, looking at Arn at age 66 and comparing him to Arn at age 35, hopefully I've improved a little bit, <laughs> somewhat to his help too. Uh, and I had another counselor, Pat, who helped a lot. But what he said is, you want to get it on your second to last breath. And I think that just piggybacks what you're kind of saying. You want you, you, you want to constantly be learning and maybe you want to reach perfection or all knowing just that second to last breath. Have one breath 
like kind of perfect yeah. because then at that point your life is done, right? What else is there more to do? So it's an interesting perspective. You, you expressed it in kind of a different way, yeah. but I think it's exactly accurate. And I love how that quote leaves it up to the individual's interpretation. Like you want to get it, whatever it is for you is how I'm interpreting yes, it. Yes, right? no, exactly. However, yeah. however you define it, however it all fits to you, yeah. you just kind of want to have all those pieces just right. And, mm. and yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, life, life's amazing. And, you know, honestly, if it's not going to be fun and enjoyable, What's the point? Now, that doesn't mean you don't take care of work. You got to take care of work. There's financial responsibilities, but it, it's not meant to be soul sucking. Your life should incorporate some pleasure as you yeah. go, or in my mind, kind of what's the point, but that's right. just me. Yeah. Yeah. Enlightening, inspiring, <laughs> motivating, Mr. Arn. Senadella, I appreciate you and your time, and I look forward to our next conversation and continued conversations, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Uh, great chatting with you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral. And as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle.